Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you. Um, my name is Jacob Yarbrough. I serve as one of the elders here at, at Calvary Bible Church. And I'm going to read the scripture reading this morning uh, from the New American Standard Bible. It will be Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. So if you'd like to follow along, you can follow along with me. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest by continually coming she wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect, who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And may God bless the reading of his word. I'm Jason Espy. I am not the pastor here. Uh, that'd be Byron Bradshaw. He is still on his sabbatical, uh, but it's my turn up to the plate, and uh, I'll be sharing a word on the power of uh, the passion of pr- in prayer. Passion in prayer. Something else I'm passionate about is dad jokes. So let's let's do a couple of those. Um, so my wife the other day, Jessica, she accused me of stealing her thesaurus, and I said, not only am I shocked. But I am dismayed, aghast, and appalled. I like that one. But raise the the hands who like that one right there. Okay, all right, good. You never know which way these are going to go. And then, let's see, there was one. Uh, The other day I asked my my friend, I said, when's your birthday? And he said, March 1st. So I looked confused and walked around the room and came back and asked him again. Who, who liked that one? <laughs> I, I see some of you are like, oh, I kind of liked it. I don't know. I don't want to admit it. All right, this one is my favorite. Um, so can a kangaroo jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course he can. Buildings can't jump. All right. So who liked that one? Okay. Now a serious question. When you think about... Spending an hour of in prayer time with the Lord, does your heart leap for joy? Show of hands. Awesome. We've got two people. We've got two people. So I'm, pre- I'm doing this on purpose. I'm presenting a problem to you. Um, do you guys remember when was the only time Jesus got so mad? He's like, I'm going to throw down. And he, and he, and he got violent. Do you guys remember what the issue was? Okay, very good. He, they're selling stuff in the temple. And what did he say about his father's house? It's a house of prayer. Exactly. Um, okay, so let me take you back to that passage that he's referencing. It's in Isaiah 56. It's verses, uh, I think it's the whole, the whole beginning of the passage. He's talking to, and I'm just going to quickly summarize it. He's talking to eunuchs and to foreigners. 
They're saying that they don't have a place. They're saying God is not going to have a place for me if uh, the foreigners are saying, if the eunuchs are saying, I have no lineage. And so they think that the God of Israel is going to reject them. And, Jesus, and, and in that, God makes this promise that he will bring them to his holy mountain. In uh, Isaiah 56, 7, he says, I will bring you to my holy mountain and I will make you joyful in my house of prayer. So, our experience or God's promise is either true. And I'm presenting this, this problem to you guys. I think the enemy has robbed from us what true prayer is. And I know that some of you are, are thinking, well, prayer is a certain thing. And prayer is just offering up, hey, I got these problems and I'm going to offer them up to the God. Uh, my, my friend has, has, uh, cancer, so we pray for, for cancer, and those are all good things. But there is passion, there is joy in prayer. It's, and there's work. Prayer takes work. But God intends uh, for us to find joy in His house of prayer. And so I'm presenting to you, I think the church, both in the West, maybe even the world, I haven't traveled the world, I know some of you have, I haven't. Um, but I believe in the West, what I see and what I even see in our church, that, that we don't know the power of prayer. We don't know the fullness of what God means for prayer. And it is, it's so much more than, than what we, we've experienced. Um, my whole journey with God almost eight years ago started with prayer. I, I used to be a bleeding heart liberal, and I was listening to NPR. NPR actually started bringing me to the Lord. They don't know this. I've got to write them a letter. But they were having a faith corner, and this was where they would have, you know, all, they, at times they would have different faiths, right, right? Uh, Islam or, or uh, Hindu or whatever. But they had a Christian on there, and they said, uh, a loss of faith is when you stop praying. And I could not remember the last time I had prayed. And I thought I was a Christian. I thought I'd given my life to the Lord, uh, but my, my life proved otherwise. I was I was heavily into things I, I, could, I couldn't get sh- shake free of. Um, I, I, when I was a little kid, I was exposed to pornography. And it gripped me. It gripped me until my, my 30s, um, even into my marriage. And it, and it caused such destruction. I was, I was lost uh, in alcohol. Um, and I was, I was lost chasing the things of the world. And I'm not saying these things to, to shock you or dismay you, but let's get real. Let's get real. Come on, guys. You know, uh, Timothy, or Paul told Timothy that the church is the pillar of truth in the world. Let's get real. Okay, I know that there's some in here, you guys struggle with these things. Let's get real. And I'm going to tell you also, there's real freedom in Jesus. His resurrection actually causes freedom for someone who cries out to him. And, I, and you know, before, a week before I gave my life to the Lord, the Lord set me free from porn. And I haven't looked at it since. And, and I'll tell you what, having a clean conscience before the Lord is better than anything in the world. It's better. Um, so anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean to tell you all that, but I don't, I don't care. Guys, we're, we, need to get, we need to get real about what's going on in our lives. Um, but So let's, let's talk about prayer. Uh, what I mean by passion, some of you might hear the word passion and think, whoa, that's, that's got a bad, you know, a negative connotation to it. what I mean by passion is strong desire, strong desire. So strong desire is going to be neutral. What you do with it is your choice. 
God loves giving us choice. Uh, but what you do with it is your choice. And I'm presenting to you that there's real joy in prayer. There's real joy spending time alone with the Lord. There's real joy coming together with a group of believers to seek God, to wait on God, um, and, and to hear His heart. And guess what, guys? God speaks. You know, remember Jesus, He said um, that my children, is what He said, my children hear my voice. He speaks through this, but He also speaks through His Spirit. And if it doesn't line up with His Word, if what you're hearing doesn't line up with His Word, it's not His Spirit. But He does speak. He is the God that speaks. That was one way that uh, the children of Israel knew who God was because they had all these dumb idols. They couldn't speak. But God can tell you the beginning. He can tell you what's happening right now. And He can tell you the end. And that's what this is right here. That's what this is. This is the Word of God. Ask Him. And He'll answer you. Seek. And you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You know, that was one thing that Jesus said about prayer. Let's look at what kind of man Jesus was in his prayer, prayer life. Before we get into our passage today. So I got a lot of notes. And uh, my friend the other day, sent, we're get, kind of getting into fireworks. And, he, and he's really into fireworks. And he sent me a video. He sent me all these videos. Have you guys ever seen like Japanese fireworks or Korean fireworks? Oh, my goodness. They're like, I mean, they, they put to shame what we do. They are beautiful. But he, he showed me one of a, um, of, a, of a team that put this whole, I mean, trailer full. I mean, it was going to be like, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minute show or whatever of, of high class stuff. And uh, he, uh, something got in between the foil and it set the whole thing off. Right. And it was just boom. It was just power for like 15, 20 minutes. But it was like. Man, I'm glad I don't have seizures because I would have, I mean, it was just too much. It was just sensory overload. And so uh, I need the Holy Spirit to not do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hopefully, I realize that uh, there has to be design. There has to be beauty. Uh, you know, something, something, someone behind there designing the show. And I'm, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will do that. So, well, actually, let's just pray right now. Let's pray right now. Father, I know this message is burning on your heart. I know that you are desiring for your people to take you serious about, about your promises in prayer, about your warnings of not praying. And, um, Lord, I, I get excited, Lord. And I, I could be like that fireworks that just overwhelms, and I don't want to do that. Um, but, Father, I just ask for boldness. Um, I ask for just clarity, and I ask us, help us to hear your heart on these things. I ask you that we'll submit our hearts to your spirit right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know where to go now. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Jesus was a man of prayer. Hebrews 5, 7 says, in the days of his flesh, talking about Jesus, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. So that kind of just destroys the idea of a stoic Jesus, doesn't it? He cares. God cares. 
Jesus' lifestyle. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Mark 1.35. In another translation, it says that he went away to a lonely place. My friends, if you are lonely, Jesus is ready to meet you there. He meets you. He will meet you in the lonely place. Um, so th- there's other places in the scriptures where Jesus would. Uh, it talks about him going away, sneaking away to mountaintops to pray for his disciples. He had to know who would, who would, uh, you know, who he needed to pick as his twelve. He went and spent the entire night in prayer, praying was something that the disciples said, teach us how to pray. They didn't say, teach us how to preach. Teach us how to teach. Teach us how to cast out demons. That was something that he taught them, I'm sure. But they said, teach us how to pray, Lord. Give us a prayer like John the Baptist, Baptist disciples did. He said, we want to know how to pray. So there was something about Jesus when he prayed. And think about it. His life ended in prayer. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus was constantly praying. You know, Paul goes on to say, um, uh, pray without ceasing. Well, it starts with Jesus. He's the one who, who started that. He prays without ceasing. Remember, he said, I can't do anything without hearing it from the Father first. So he was constantly in prayer to the Father. And guys, remember, Peter offers us something up in, in his uh, first letter, in chapter 2. He says, Jesus is our example, so that we may follow in his footsteps. So I'm saying something's wrong in our church, in the West and in our church. We need to pray. Um, one thing I love about this church, one thing I love about these people, you, uh, about you guys, is that your willingness to go with the Spirit. And so what I mean by that is I've been here for about five years or so, a little bit over that. And uh, there's been a lot of changes. And I have not seen the spirit of bucking against those changes. I've seen the spirit of, of, of people going with, with uh, the changes. I see a spirit of people wanting to love one another, wanting to stay true to the Scriptures, wanting to stay true um, you know, uh, to what, what the Lord's leading. And if we're going to be true to Scriptures... We got to pray. We got to pray more than we've ever prayed in our lives. Um, what I don't want you to hear is we got to do more. We got we got to do more. You know, for the last um, I don't know six weeks, I really feel like the Spirit of God is is asking us a question. Guys, do you want to go deep with me? Do you guys want to move deeper? With God. He's offering that. So with, with Murray, he was presenting to us, guys, there's something more than just memorizing scripture. There's something more than just showing up faithfully, um, you know, Monday night, Wednesday night, you know, your girl groups. There's more. There's the inward life. Uh, Jesus came to give us life and give it abundant. It was in here. He didn't say, hey, I came to give you the good life, you know, that, that we're promised with the American dream. But real life with God. He said in his high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, listen, eternal life is to know the Father. 
I don't know about you, but I need to know my maker. And not just, not just doctrinally. I need to know him in my spirit, in my inner man. He's offering you that. And then Bobby, uh, the last two weeks was hammering home that we have secret sin in our heart. Um, you know, he's hammering home that, that the flesh is real, it's powerful. And there's real sin that kills. And I don't know if he said it this way or not, but we can't allow it in our camp. We can't allow it. We gotta kill it or it'll kill us. I remember him saying that. I remember him saying last week, he said, it's not enough to show up on Sundays. It's not enough to admire Jesus. It's not enough, uh, to teach a, a class. And I was like, ooh, got me. <laughs> I've done that. And I'd even say it's not enough to preach. It's not enough to lead music. You know, it's not enough to admire Jesus' teachings. He said, you have to have a heartfelt obedience. And uh, I, I was thinking, I was like, the only way that can be accomplished is in prayer. Spending time with Jesus in prayer. And um, so anyway, let's get into today's passage. So uh, going to Luke 18, verse 1. And guys, my intention, you know, I hope, I hope you hear my intention is not to, for you to feel beat down. It is to encourage you. But to be honest about sin. You know, there's, there's a real sin of prayerlessness too. You know, we're, we're called to, to pray without ceasing. Um, is that even, does it even bother you that you don't pray? If, you, if you're not praying, maybe you are in love with praying. Praise God. I encourage you to, to pray for other people, that God would bring other people to you so you can teach them. Um, but the majority of us did not raise our hand when I asked, are you joyful about going to spend time with the Lord in prayer? Listen, I, I struggle with that too. There's times it's, it's, it's a struggle. Um, and, and sometimes we do it out of obedience, and that's it. There's no emotion attached to it. Uh, but but I, God, Jesus and God promise there's joy in his house. So let's look at today's passage. All right, so now he was telling them a parable to show them at all times. There we go, at all times. They ought to pray and to not lose heart. So this is the outcome of the story. This story should, say, should teach us we need to pray at all times and to not lose heart. Um, the other day, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through this passage, and I'm like, all right, why this story to teach this lesson? Why? And that really opens up the, the, the passage for me. Um, and, and so it was looking at the characters. There's the widow and a judge in a nameless city. Jesus says in some certain city. And he's talking about a widow in a, in a godless, disrespectful judge. He is all about himself. Um, according to Craig Keener, in his uh, background, Bible background commentary, he says that this judge, under the Old Testament law, judges were to fear God uh, and therefore defend the oppressed. So... In the Old Testament, in the law, Exodus 22, 22 through 24 says this. And this is, this is uh, you know, 
God giving Moses the law. And he says this, You shall not afflict any widow or orphan. If you afflict him at all, and if he does cry out to me, I will surely hear his cry. And my anger will be kindled. And I'll kill you with the sword. And your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. In the Old Testament, God is described as a husband to Israel. And that's the language of a husband. You mess with my family, I'm going to take you out. That's a good God right there. He defends his own. He protects those who are less fortunate. He protects those who um, can't defend themselves. That's God. And that, that's, a, that's a promise for all of his children. He will defend you. Psalm 146.9 says, the Lord, the Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow. But he thwarts the way of the wicked. So this judge does not care about God. He doesn't care about any of his ways. Uh, remember in another place in, in, the, in the New Testament, Jesus was asked, what are the two most important uh, commands? And he says, love the Lord your God with every single thing you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And clearly Jesus has shown us this judge doesn't care. He doesn't care. And then the second thing is that we should, that we should not lose heart. Um, we'll, we'll come back and touch on that. So verse 2 says, going back to the passage, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city. And she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. Uh, Craig Keener goes on to point out, that this widow was the ultimate example of the oppressed person because she had no means of support. She had no hope except for that judge to rule in her favor. No hope whatsoever. He says, although normally only men spoke in law courts and women needed advocates to plead cases for them. When women were so audacious as to speak there, they generally commanded attention and sympathy. So Jesus, why this story? What are you trying to say to us? Because he's telling it to his disciples. He's not making a, uh, a commentary on, on social classes. He's, make, he's telling all of his disciples, and if you are filled with the Spirit of God, you're his disciple. So he's talking to you today. Um, he's saying, this is how you should pray. So why this widow? Why, why this way, Jesus? Okay, so uh, verse 5 says, Yet because this widow bothers me. So the, the judge, oh, I'm sorry, verse 4. And for a while he was unwilling. So this judge was like, I'm not doing it. Forget it. What was probably going on, according to Craig Keener, is he's getting bribed uh, by, by, the, by her opponent. Um, there was a case he references back in First, First Kings, uh, in the days of uh, Elijah and Elisha. He, he says that uh, there was a, a real woman whose husband died and he had debts, and her opponent was coming to take her children uh, as payment. So it could be something like that. 
she had no hope except for this judgment rule in her favor. And Jesus says this is how we should pray at all times and not lose heart. He says, yet because... so." Um, He's, back to verse 4, he says, Even though I do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest by continually coming she wear me out. She won. Her persistence won the day. He didn't care about her situation. He was only selfishly caring about his own needs. I'm sick of this lady bothering me. I'm going to rule in her favor. Jesus, why this story? This is how you should pray and not lose heart. Audaciousness and persistence. Okay? Let's get to the good stuff right here. Verse 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. You guys catching this? Do you hear what that unrighteous, God, uh, that unrighteous judge said? Are you listening to what he said? Because she's going to wear me out. She was consumed with her case. Absolutely thinking about it at all times. Did you hear what this unrighteous judge said? Verse 7. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night. And will he delay long over them? Unrighteous judge versus the perfect, righteous, fair, good. All goodness comes from God. Is he going to change? Does God change? You know, everybody's going to say, no, God doesn't change. Well, pray. He doesn't change. Ask God. Come to him. Shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? Are you crying to God day and night? Do you have people in your life that don't know the Lord? Has the Great Commission stopped? Is this just, well, we've had the Enlightenment and we've moved on, so he'll figure it out, you know? Has God's power lessened? No. It hasn't. And you guys need to answer that for yourself. You need to answer that. But his power hasn't changed. You know, do you care? Do you even care that people are dying and going to hell? I don't stand up here wagging my finger at you. I'm not. Because I was deeply convicted. My heart has been cold. It has grown callous. My heart has grown um, weary at times. You know, my heart has, has uh, wanted to give up the fight at times. You know, I don't see any change. Don't you think that lady, don't you think that she wanted to give up? But she cared enough to keep going. That's why Jesus is using this example. Why? Why Jesus? Why these people? Because you're not supposed to quit. Don't lose heart. Don't stop. 
praying to the Lord. He is so much better than unrighteous judges, you know. But that's a question you've got to answer for yourself. The scriptures tell you God is better. God is better um, than this unrighteous judge. Over and over again it tells us. And in the context, he's telling us about the second coming of the Lord in, in, um, in Luke 17. So, I don't know about you, but this world is getting crazy. It's crazier by the minute. God hasn't changed. His promises hasn't changed. He is, he is, listen, he said to the last thing in, in the book of Matthew, he said, all authority has been given to me. It's almost like a challenge. Guys, come on. Are you going to take me seriously on this? Or are you just going to not, not take it serious? All authority has been given to Jesus. Will you pray like that's real? And, you know, I, I'm deeply convicted uh, to go deep in prayer. And, um, you know, so I, I want to I offer that challenge up to you guys. Will you pray? Will you pray like God is going to answer? Um, that he's actually involved in your prayer. He's actually, you know, giving you grace to pray. Um, the, the scriptures are replete with don't lose heart, don't give up, keep on going, endure, keep fighting. Psalm 27 ends with wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Have you come to the end of your strength, my friends? Are you still trying to accomplish this in your own strength? It's a question you need to ask yourself. So prayer must come from faith. You know, the praying is, is the outworking of your faith, what you really believe about God. God, are you really here? Do you really care about my situation? Do you really see me? And God promises you, and you've got to take him seriously on his promise, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He will reward you if you seek him. There's a uh, famous passage in Jeremiah 29 uh, that I know the plans for you, not you know, to bless you, not curse you. Uh, right next to that says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. This widow was searching for an answer from that judge with all of her heart. She was wearing that judge out. And God, who is so much better, says, Come after me. Seek me. Find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What's, what is um, what's grabbing your attention? What's grabbing your attention? You know, that's something you need to ask yourself. If you're not seeking the Lord, what's, what are you seeking instead of it? Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, But you, when you pray... Go into your inner room, close your door, 
and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's either true or not. You decide if you believe it. It is true because of the Word of God, but will you believe it enough to take Him serious? Jesus in John 15 says, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name he may give to you. Do you hear that? Whatever you ask in my name. That doesn't just mean, hey, I want an Apple, you know, what's, what's that virtual reality goggles? God, give that to me and just say, in Jesus' name. I, I know, PJ. <laughs> If you get it, I want to come play. But <laughs> uh, No, it doesn't just mean, hey, your own desires and attacking on in Jesus' name. What, what he means is in his character, in his mission. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Are you on mission with him? He came to seek and save the lost. Maybe you're lost. I was lost. He found me. Are you still lost today? I don't care if you warm a pew. Are you lost? I don't care if you've been a a founding member here. Are you lost? Are you still under the sway of Satan? Whatever, whatever you ask in my name, I'm going to give to you. Just like it says back here in our passage. Shall not God bring about justice for his elect? So his people who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily, quickly. He'll come running. But only when you're, when you're involved with all of your heart. Don't give up. Don't let his silence, if you're praying and you find silence, don't let that discourage you. Don't let that discourage you. Ian Bounds, who wrote a lot about prayer, uh, he said this about his silence. Well, can't find it. But he said, let me let me paraphrase it for you. He said, the silent let the silence of God when you're praying not not make you want to quit or get discouraged, but stir up even more your uh, your zeal for the Lord to press in. So the precedent would be Jacob wrestling with the Lord. Here's another beautiful picture of prayer of of I'm not letting go until you bless me. Jacob was desperate. He was about to get wiped out by Esau. He was desperate. His only hope was God. And uh, so he wrestled until God blessed him. He would not let go. And that's the message of this, this right here. Don't lose heart. God is inviting you to come to wrestle with him. Do you have lost family members? They don't know the Lord. Wrestle with God. Don't let go. Press in. When he's silent, pressing in even more because you see uh, these passages I'm pointing out to you. Press in. Join Jesus on his mission. 
So, um, got a little bit more time. So I'm going to say I'm going to say certain things. Uh, prayer needs certain things. What I mean by by needs is kind of like a fire needs wood and oxygen and a starting fluid. Well, the Holy Spirit is. You know, in a sense, all of that except the wood. You've got to bring your effort and your, your energy, your passion, your zeal for these things. That's the wood. You've got to chop wood. But you need, you need these things. It makes me want to know, how is the passion in your heart for, to, to see the things of God? You know, do, you, do you care? Do you see a temperature in the church that's cold? Or do you see one that's on fire? And let's just be honest. It's more, it's more lukewarm than on fire. There's good things happening. Don't, don't get me wrong. And those are good. But we need to go deeper with the Lord. So prayer needs passion. I already told you that it, you know, in the days of Jesus' flesh, that he offered up both prayers and supplication with loud crying and tears. Uh, talked about Jeremiah 29. And when you seek him and uh, search for him with all your heart, you'll find him. Psalm 103 is an example of when you might not feel like it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That includes your, your lonely places, your, your depressed places, your dark places. You grab yourself by the back of your neck and you say, bless the Lord. Because he's been so good to me, you bless him in this moment. Forget none of his benefits. Prayer, um, it needs humility. James 4, 6 through 10 says, but he gives a greater grace. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's this beautiful theme throughout all of the Bible of God drawing near. What was it uh, that when Jesus came, is that not God drawing near to us? He was drawing near. And he says, listen, if you want to come near to me, I'll come near to you. You don't ever have to doubt that. If my kids come up to me running, wanting to come near to me, I'm like, no, no, get away from me. No, 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 no. No, come jump in my lap. And I'm just, I'm an evil guy. You know, I have sinful flesh. Compared to God, how much more is God? He's holy and perfect. And he says, come near to me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse you, your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Okay, First Peter says the same thing. You younger uh, says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He says basically the same thing. He says this one little beautiful thing, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. If you're anxious, if you're fearful, God cares for you. Come to him in prayer. Give him your concerns. Give him your cares. Um, I was already touching out that prayer is joining Jesus on his mission. He's giving, if you are born again, you are uh, a minister of reconciliation. And uh, you have been given the minister of reconciliation to bring people back to God. The apostles in Acts 
six four when they when they needed deacons. He said, they said, we can't do that. We need to devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They didn't say preaching the word first. They said, devote ourselves to prayer. Do you know that right now Jesus is interceding for you and me at the right hand of God? Romans 8.34 says that, uh, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. He's the one who gets to decide. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding for us. He's praying for you and me. Prayer needs uh, perseverance. How's everybody doing? Y'all hanging in? Okay. I don't want to overwhelm you. I don't want to be like that fireworks show. All right, prayer needs perseverance. In another place in Luke, Jesus tells another story, very similar. He said, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus says, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. He goes on to say, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? If he asks for an egg, is he going to give him a scorpion? That would be nasty. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Sorry, I was thinking of the egg and the scorpion. Um, He says, you being evil, compared to God, we're all evil. We all have sin. You know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, my my goodness, the the amount of gifts on Christmas Day, right? (laughs) How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's take them serious, guys. The Holy Spirit helps us in prayer. So, going back to Romans 8, it says that in our weaknesses, when we don't know how to pray, it says that the Spirit will help us pray. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. That's a good God. That's a good God not to leave us alone. But he intercedes for us from the inside out with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit sees things rightly. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God.
think that's enough, guys. I think that's enough. I want to encourage you. Press into God. Go after Him like you've never gone after Him before. It's easy to come in here and just, just you know, hear a message and, and all that. It's easy to do that. But guys, life and death is on the line. We don't realize it because we go through the grind day in, day out. You get into it, you can get dull in your senses. Many times Jesus said, you guys are dull. You don't realize what's going on. But guys, people are dying and going to hell every day. We need to be people that go after God. Say, God, please, I want to know your heart. I want to know what's on your mind. I want to put my ear on on, on your chest and know what your heart beats for. You know, prayer has radically changed my life. It has been something that's constant in my life. I'm not an expert. I'm just learning on it. And Byron was encouraging me to, uh, to, to preach on it. And, um, you know, I, I was like, I don't really know how to talk about it biblically a lot. But, guys, studying for this, it's changed my life. It's changed my life. There's people going to hell. There's people that are, that are in bondage to sin. There's lies we believe. And this world is going mad. There is insanity happening. It's like darkness isn't hide anymore. And you guys all know it. You guys are all looking at the YouTube. And the YouTube. Oh, my goodness. How old am I? Um, good grief. What a dork. But... <laughs> Uh, looking at you, I, I watch YouTube. Uh, you see what's happening in, in the world. And I don't know why I'm thinking of the Lord of the Rings, but the Shire is not going to be safe. You know, darkness is coming for everybody. Darkness is here. It's inside of us at times. And if we don't deal with it, if we don't cry out to God, we're just going to go the way of the world, guys. We've got to get on mission with God. God is present. He is active. He is working when you don't think He's working. His throne is a throne of grace. Come to Him. Will you come to His throne and cry out to Him? From the beginning, from the beginning of the Bible, men cried out to the Lord. And they were saved. And that was Paul's message. If you will cry out to the Lord, you will be saved. But church, we need to get on fire for the Lord. We need to get on fire. We need to get on mission. Every single thing. We need to see that we're this widow. We have no hope except for Jesus. I'm going to leave you with some, some questions. I was listening to the, the songs uh, this morning. They're beautiful. So my soul longeth after you. You know, we sang that today as a deer pants for the water. What is your soul longing for? Jesus is our hope. What are you hoping in? When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Will you go deep with God in prayer? How far will you go? 
press into the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you can take a mess of a sermon like this and use it. Your name be glorified. Your kingdom come. I ask you to speak to our hearts, Lord. I ask you to encourage us to go deep with you. In Jesus' name, amen.